0: testimony before I preach and I think it would be I want to share it in the right way and show you the results that God can do. Many many years ago my wife's mother many of you have met had to come and live with us because of some health issues and she was used to living a certain lifestyle and we've got her in the home we even made a little bedroom for her with her own bathroom and so forth and One day we were coming home and she knew, she knew how we lived. One day we were coming home and I was looking at those uh, in my yard. They were, this was a long time ago. They were cable people trying to put a dish up on my roof. And I got out of the car and I said, what in the world do you think you're doing? I said, That ain't happening here. And my mother-in-law, sweet as she was, she said, well, I ordered. I said, hey, I'm sorry. And I looked at the two men and said, you just need to go, please. Because we're not having that. And, of course, it was rough for a few days, all right? It was rough. But sometimes you just got to take a stand in love. But then I want to tell you, this story hasn't ended yet. Hasn't ended yet. She became very sick and had to go into a nursing home. We just couldn't, we just could not physically take care of her. And in that nursing home, just a few days before she passed, she received the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's worth taking a stand for. I said, It's worth taking a stand for. <laughs> Amen. In fact, I just felt so impressed the morning she passed. I was mentioning to my wife who was working in Copper's Cove at the time. I said, I just sensed I need to go sit with your mother. She was in a coma. But still, I I just sensed I needed to go sit with her. And I got there, and within, I guess, an hour or less, she left this world. We don't know. Nobody knows. Only God knows. But at least she received the Holy Ghost. And she was already baptized in Jesus' name. I may be trying to help someone today, I don't know, but it's worth taking a stand no matter the persecution that you may receive from family members. If you want to overcome the world, you've got to remove the world from your house and your life. I hope that helps someone. That's not what I'm preaching today, but I just really sense I need to share that. Because when I preach on separation, it's not something that my wife and I haven't done. And we haven't paid for it. I I remember a time when I was going home just after I'd been saved, born again. My father and mother didn't understand some things. And they were, you know, I'm a lot like my dad. And so he was (laughs) kind of stubborn about some things. And I, I looked at them both. I said, I love you both very much. But unless you understand our life and the way we live, I can't come here anymore. From that day forward, everything was fine. He was baptized but never received the Holy Ghost. But my mother was born again. My brother was born again. My sister is born again. Because I was willing to take a stand. You've got to take a stand. Parents, you've got to take a stand with your children. And if it is your home and you have people living in your home, you've got to take a stand. Amen. I just sensed I needed to share that. I'm going to be reading in the book of Hebrews, chapter number 10, verses 35 through 39. I really sensed this message for me. I, I pray I do it justice, justice in the Lord. I'm going to give it everything I've got. And, and, I, and I, I'm just hoping that you'll take it because I've already taken it before even today. hallelujah. The songs went perfectly with the message and the scriptures. Listen to Hebrews 10. Go ahead and worship. 35 says, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come, will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. You may be seated. I I, I just hope sometime when you're starting to sense some things, I know evangelists know, just get out and worship. You're not going to stop me. You might fire me up and have me go in a different direction than what I intended to go. But I'm telling you, I'm excited about this message. God spoke to me this message, and I pray that you will take hold of it. Let me give you the word patience definition in the scripture. It means endurance, it means consistency. That's what's happened to the church world. We have very little of endurance and consistency unless it's only for a day or a week. It's it's evident. We get in line for a fast food and we get so impatient because there's several calls. What is taking them so long? Surely they didn't order everything in McDonald's. And you're waiting, and you're waiting, and you're waiting. And some of you even might say, I'm just going to get out of line. But because you've already ordered, you think, well, I'll, I'll hang in here a little bit. And then if you endure long enough, they'll pass you a bag from the window. I just hope that it's still hot. Amen. I want to try to leave this thought with you. It's a simple thought. I want to try to leave this thought. A knot. A knot. A knot. You know, have you ever got frustrated because when you tried to untie your shoes? Oh, you have? You're not the only one here. I know I have. You know, because you tie them, if you're taught correctly, you tie them in a slipknot. And that's how a lot of apostolics are doing with their faith. It's a slipknot. And anything that'll pull on it pulls a knot loose. And sometimes, God, when you're pulling that knot loose, sometimes will cause it to still have that knot. And you get frustrated and say, thank God. Because you won't lose your shoe normally when it's tied. I remember a time when I was preaching, and and I no longer preach with these type of shoes. But you don't know what type of shoes I'm talking about. But, but I used to preach with slip-on shoes. You know, because they were easy. You just slipped them on and everything. And that's how people's faith is. You slip it on, slip it off. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a knot. Well, I remember I was preaching and getting with it. And I was much younger. And I got to kick it. Oh, guess what? My shoe... If you weren't there, you probably wouldn't believe it. It came off, twirled in the air, fell right side up, put my foot back into it, and just kept on preaching. But from that point on, I never wore a slip-on shoe. I'm not saying it's wrong. It's not a sin. I just don't want anything to distract anyone. I want to cinch it down. I want to tie it to where it's secure. I'm talking about a knot. I'm talking about a knot. There's nothing worse than your shoelace coming undone and you trip over your own shoelace. A lot of apostolics are tripping on things they ought not be tripping on. They already have that tied and secured and out of their way. I'm talking about a knot. Anybody ever tied a knot? You tie a knot because you want things secured, right? whether it's in a good way or a bad way. All right? Let me, let me, I didn't realize they were 21, at least 21 types of knots. Listen to this. There's a black wall hitch, a Carrick bend, a clove hitch, a cat's paw, a figure eight, a granny knot, a bowline, an overhand knot, a fisherman's bend, a hat, hitch, a square knot, a slip knot, that's what we are so accustomed to, living for God. I'm going to tie this in such a way, if it gets too rough, I can just slip out. Then there's a Steve door knot, a true lover's knot, a surgeon's knot, a turk head, a sheet bend, a timber hitch, a seizing, a rolling hitch, and a sheep shanker. Have you ever heard of such a thing? All the different types of knots that people have invented to try to secure things so they wouldn't lose it. Cast not away thy confidence. Have you got it tied with the right knot? No, you better listen to me. Have you really got it cinched down? Have you got it hitched down? Or you got a slip knot on it so that when things get a little rough, you automatically say, what's the use of living for God? I've heard this more lately in the last 10 years from apostolics about living for God. Where is he? How come he's not doing this? How come he didn't answer my prayers? How come things going wrong? Listen, I don't know about you, but the sailor doesn't automatically jump ship just because of the storm. He begins to tie things down. They learn how to tie knots and I suggest you do too, spiritually. Except for tying yourself to the chair. I don't want you to learn how to tie a knot and keep yourself to the chair. Because you, you got to get loose sometimes. All right? I just sense some things that A lot of precious people sitting here understand what I'm talking about. Because they once had things secured in their life. And because of circumstances or because their own flesh, they have simply pulled the loose slipknot and it's loose. And for some reason, I don't know why. They can't bend back and tie it. I know some of you didn't get that bending part. But you cannot tie your shoes without bending. And you cannot tie the knot that God expects without bending your will without bending your spirit without bending in prayer without bending to the Word of God you better hear me this morning God is with me you may may not be shouting but you're listening because you know exactly I hear it over and over and over again oh God's beating me not God the devil is beating me up and and I, I I hear these voices. I got to go. I got to leave. I got to go somewhere else. I can't keep doing this. I don't understand. I can't find my way back. Let me tell you something. When you tie something, it's going to stay there. Hey, when you tie something, it's going to stay there. When you secure something, it's going to stay there. Thank God for a belt. And I want to be sure it's working correctly. Hallelujah. Because I want things to stay where they're supposed to stay. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Sometimes with the things of God and the promises of God, you don't tie it down so when the wind blows let me tell you something how many of you had to cross your yard or go across a parking lot to pick something up in the wind because it wasn't secure how many of you put papers in your car but you didn't secure them and when the door opened they blew out how many of you said there it goes there's no sense chasing it because every time you try to chase it it blew again that's the same way with the church of the living God once it's going it's going to be a hard time to fight it you're going to chase it and chase it. So I'm telling you, secure it down. Buckle it down. Get a hold on it. Tie a knot. There's not a human being alive that at least one time in their walk with God, at least once, they may say what's the use? Okay, maybe you haven't said that. I'm glad for you. It may not even be the point, what's the use of living for God? But hey, maybe I need to do this and I just need to quit doing that, and I'll just come and sit on a pew. Hear me? That's the same thing. You've loosened a knot. Now, did not the Bible says that they would be with every slight of wind of cunning and doctrine, <laughs> you've got to tie, tie. I know we're in a Velcro world. I know we've got children that they reach 10 and 11 years old and don't know how to tie their shoes because they're in a Velcro rope. <laughs> That's how the church is. They're in a Velcro wo- Oh, I'm just going to... And then you know what happens to Velcro? You... You know, it gets all those lint and that dust and that dirt in there, and pretty soon it won't stay, it won't stay, and you get frustrated, and you know, and you just throw them away. That's the same thing that's happening with your walk with God, your commitment with God, your stance with God. Some of you used to be certain places, but you were only Velcroed in. You weren't tied in. Uh, and all of a sudden, uh, the junk of the world began to get underneath uh, the Velcro and you found it harder to keep secure. I'm going to tell you right now, honey, God taught me to tie a knot when I was first born again. He taught me all the different knots uh, except the slip knot. He said, listen boy, don't you ever tie a slip knot because the way of the world and the way of your carnality can reach and pull it down. That's why so many people backslide in the because their walk with God is not secure. Make your, and I'm going to read this in a minute, make your calling and election sure. Amen. Oh hallelujah. I realize again we're living in this world and I'm not I'm using shoes as a spiritual analogy now, okay? When I go home I slip on some slippers. I'm so lazy I don't even put the heel, I just walk on the heels. But they come off easy. But when I go out, I want some shoes that'll protect my feet. The way I walk, where I'm going, the path that he's ordered. I want it protected and I want it secured. Oh, God help me. Someone's just not grasping this uh, and I know they need it. I can look at them. I know their lives. Uh, I know where they're at. Uh, this is not something that I just picked up off of the streets. This is something God gave me for me. He said, tie it down, boy. Hey, the winds are going to blow. The storm is going to come. Sit shit down. Hey, you got to understand when you tie it down and secure it, put another nail in it. Put another screw in it. Come on, somebody. You can't put enough. Of, I don't want something coming along and just doing that number and it comes off and all of a sudden they say, where did it go? You know where it went. You let it go because you didn't secure it down. You don't want things stolen, what do you do? Secure it. Sometimes you just don't put one lock, you put two. Sometimes two's not enough. What do you do if something's very valuable with you? You go to the hardware store and you say, Brother Scotty, I need a lock that's going to be hard to use bolt cutters on. I I need something hard. I need something where it's hard to get in there. Hey, you better be careful. You're thinking, well, what am I going to do if I lose the key? Well, you ought not lose the key. God gave us keys. You ought not lose them. If it's secure, you'll never lose them. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to the Lord. I'm telling you, I don't want anything in my life. I don't want anything of the things of this world. I don't want the devil coming along and convincing me to unlock something. That's what he's done to too many lives. He's convinced you to unlock something. That'll be alright. It will not be alright. Devil, you can't have it. I've locked it down and you don't have the key nor the combination. Let me read some more scripture. Let me give you some more word. My daughter sang this song. Isaiah 40, 30, and 31.
1: Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait Wait, upon the Lord.
0: But they that wait. You know what this word means in the Hebrew? It means to bind together by twisting it means a tying it means a tie it down twist it together do you understand a 3-4 cord is, cord is not easily broken you've got to put everything you got into this you got to secure it you can't take a chance thieves and robbers can break in and take what you thought was yours amen, amen, amen. and then you try to do everything you can to make it in this life when you don't unlock the things of God and they're gone and you're spinning your wheels, you get frustrated when you ought to lock it down. Sweet pea, I'm going to try to encourage you. That's all I want to do. You need to do the things of God first Amen. before the things in this life, even if it's to meet your physical need. Amen. You better hear me. What good is it meeting a need if you have lost the things of God? The Bible said it this way you can gain the whole world and lose your soul. What did it do you? What did it profit? Too many apostolics don't get that principle. They're too flexible with the things of God. God is not flexible with his word. I'm trying. I'm trying so hard this morning. But they that bind things together, twist things together, wait upon the Lord, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles.
1: They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint.
0: Luke twenty-one nineteen says
1: In your patience possess ye your souls.
0: Listen as I read many scriptures, Psalms twenty-seven, fourteen. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Psalms 30 and 5, I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wake, and in his word do I hope. Acts 1 and 4 being assembled together with them commanded that they should not depart from Jerusalem but wait for the promise of the Father which saith he you've heard of me. James chapter 1, 2, 3 and 4 says my brethren count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations knowing this that the trying of your faith worketh patience but let patience have a perfect work that you may be perfect and tired wanting nothing. 2 Peter chapter 1, 5 through 10 read quickly.
1: And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue, knowledge. Add more locks. And to knowledge, temperance. Put another lock. And to temperance, patience. Put another knot. And to patience, godliness. Come on. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you. And abound. Come on, read it.
0: Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses.
1: Let us lay aside every weight and the sin, which every slipknot we need to get out of our life, which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that is set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God.
0: For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself.
1: Lest he be wearied and faint in your mind.
0: Listen to me. King Saul, the first king of Israel, lost his kingdom because he was unwilling to wait for the preacher. All he had to do was wait. No matter what it looked like. No matter how frustrated he got. How come the pastor hadn't called me? How come the pastor didn't pray for me? How come this? How come that? If he'd have just waited for Samuel. That's all he had to do was just wait for Samuel. But he got impatient because he didn't lock down the principle. Because he started feeling good with his kingship. He won some battles so he got overconfident. Overconfidence will kill you. Confidence won't. But overconfidence will. My confidence is in the Lord. But if I begin to get overconfidence because I've done this or lived this and I think I've got it together, look out. You're fixing to lose something. Saul, because he didn't know how to tie the right knot, lost the kingdom. My daughter come. He lost the kingdom. Lost it. When I say lost it, God took it from him, ripped it from him, and gave it to another. I think it's important to know how to tie knots. Have you ever had something blow out of your pickup truck that you thought you had secure? And the time you got back to it, it wasn't in the best condition. It's always best to secure it first. No matter, because you don't know what you're going to face. You don't know if you're going to slam on brakes. I mean, nobody's really done that. Put stuff in their car thinking, okay, it's just going to be a little journey. Next thing you know, you're slamming on brakes and everything in the front seat. And the one thing your wife said, that better not get damaged You're looking at that and you're saying, Oh God help me. (laughs) How am I gonna explain that to her? Because I didn't secure it. Sometimes she won't even let me carry something. Let me have that. Let me have that. I think I can do it. No, let me have it. Let me have it. And you know, I've learned. Listen to me, this is you're gonna like this when it's all said and done. I've learned take it because then if it falls I'm off the hook I can just help her clean up the mess I won't say nothing listen I've learned not to carry things that are fragile myself I'm going to let the Lord carry it he's told me many times let me have it let me have it let me carry it let me let me show you oh hallelujah hallelujah i've learned yes god i understand here you go here you go i have not yet had to clean up one mess when the lord carried what he needed to carry in my life i have not one time had to get a broom or a dustpan because things that i gave him are secured i put a knot in it do you understand what i'm saying what about jacob what about jacob as we stand I didn't preach too long today. I said, that's all right. I thought it was good. I got it. I got something in my pocket here that I'm going to pull out. I promise you it's not a snake. Jacob. Deceiver. Surplanter. Got his birthright and the blessings of God illegally had to run. See, when you try to get things illegally, you're always running. Always running. So he ran all the way to his mother's kinfolk. Got taking advantage there time and time and time again. But God sustained him and God blessed him. Then it was time for him to come home and he was so afraid of Esau, his brother. When he got closer, he was panicking. Because he forgot God's the one that told him to go home. What could happen? And so he divided up his family. And then he had an encounter. He had an encounter. It wasn't a five minute encounter in the altar, (laughs) it wasn't an hour spent in prayer. It was an all-nighter. It was an all-nighter. And he even had to do some fighting because things weren't coming easy. And then as the morning was soon to come, the angel that represented the Lord's presence said, you better let me go because morning's coming. And so Jacob, if you'll let me, tied a knot. Just a simple knot, not a slip knot. Hear me. He tied a knot. And he held on. He was at the end of his rope like many of you. But you don't tie a knot. So you have nothing to hold on to. So when things get hard, things in your mind, circumstances in your life, people come against you. Prayers are not being answered the way you had envisioned. You can either have this end or that end. tied a knot he secured it and he said I will not let you go until you bless me God I will not let you go until I'm in glory and to be with you listen to me hear what I'm saying I will not let you go through this trial I will let go till you answer this prayer. I will not let go, God, no matter how long it is, no matter what's waiting for me, no matter who's, I'm going to tie this knot and hold on. The morning will break. Saul lost the kingdom because he didn't tie a knot. Jacob got a new name. and all of God's people were named by His name because He tied a knot, a simple knot. And He said, God, I've been running for a long time. My father-in-law did me wrong. Now I'm going back to my brother who I did wrong. And I'm scared, Lord. Have you ever been scared? God never told him to divide his family up. But that night, as he was fighting for his very life and peace, hear me, what he needed was peace, that everything was going to be alright. He didn't try to work it out. far as I know, he brought the family back together when he went in to see Esau. Hear me please. He did one simple thing. He told God, God, you're not getting rid of me this easy. This fear is not getting rid of me. This doubt is not getting rid of me. These circumstances are not getting rid of me. This pain is not getting rid of me. This disappointment is not getting rid of me. This depression is not getting rid of me. This uncertainty is not getting rid of me. My home life is not getting rid of me. Those at work are not getting rid of me. My loneliness is not getting rid of me, God, because I'm tied a knot, and I'm not letting go until You bless me. Just a simple knot. Just a simple knot. What kind of knot have you tied, if any? <laughs> Has circumstances in the church not gone the way you'd like? And you've untied that slip knot through your complaining? Through your murmuring? I'm trying to reach somebody. I'm trying to reach somebody. Somebody services that I begin to weep at the end because I'm reaching somebody. Why are you making it so difficult to reach you? I can't tie your knot for you. God won't tie your knot. I beseech thee, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice. Tie it. Cinch it. Has heartache untied your knot. You have an opportunity today to tie it before it slips out of your hand. (laughs) Don't let it slip. David, I think, said it this way. My feet not slipped if it wasn't for the Lord. daughter, you better see.